Welcome back to Puzzling, a true crime podcast. I'm Tiffany. I'm Sarah. And, and we're, we're your hosts. hosts. Nice. We're getting better and we're getting better. By we, we mean you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's a group effort. Tiffany. Yeah. Tiffany. 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 Oh, okay. You're making fun of me? <laughs> <laughs> Unintentionally, but yeah. If, it, if, if the, the shoe, shoe fits. fits. <laughs> <laughs> um, how was your week, Tiff? Uh, it was fine i want to start off with apologizing for um last week's episode it was a lot of pausing and restarting or pausing yeah. and starting and pausing and starting um so i know i, I got a couple comments that were yeah. like there was, there was some glitches here and there i'm like yeah i'm sure there was yeah and i had to leave part way through it so <laughs> part way through and then she came back and then she left for good and <laughs> yeah it was the whole thing but a whole mess but um yeah. So yeah, sorry about last week, but it's fine. We made it through it. Avery's stepping on paper. <laughs> memento. Get this off the ground. Okay. Um, my week was good. We lost power, as yeah. you know, but um, we went for a walk at like ten forty-five New Year's Eve, just yeah. because. Why Nothing not? Else to do. Yeah. Why not go walk in two feet of snow? Whatever. Right. Um, and then we got home and we had power, so I was very happy about that. Nice. Um, we went skiing on New Year's Day and <laughs> never again. No. Never again. I didn't even, I didn't even go up the mountain. I, I sat there in that line for like a good hour and I was like, no. I'm oh, were you in the line? Um, I went to the aerial tram. Oh. When it opened. We when, sat in the parking lot and waited for the tram to open. When we first showed up, we parked right by the tram, like right mm-hmm. next to it. And when we first showed up, the line was just in the little like queue. Like it yeah. wasn't going out into the parking lot or anything. Right. We absolutely would have gotten, like, a great spot in line and gone up way sooner. But because um, no other runs were open except that black, I would have just been standing up there for at least an hour waiting for them to open up the green. Right. Well, so that's what we... The reason I didn't go up was because a ski patrol came through and was like, the only thing that's open only once you get up this, <laughs> up this tram is gun barrel. So if you can't do gun barrel, don't go up. Yeah, they were telling us that too. I was too. like, yep, I'm not a double black diamond kind no. of girl yet. And I glared <laughs> at Alex and I was like, did I just wait in this line for over an hour for nothing? And he was like, no, nah, they'll open up more. Like, don't worry about it. So like, by the time you get up there, they'll be more open. And I'm like, if you're not wrong about this, I'm fine. If you are, I'm pissed. Yeah. <laughs> and it took another probably 30 minutes for them to open up anything else after yeah. I got up. Coda was like, I'm glad you didn't go, though, because it was a shit oh, show. It was terrible. He said he got hit, like physically hit. People ran into him four yeah, times. It was a mess yesterday. Four times people ran and took. He said the guy ran over his snowboarder or his snowboard and then took out this gear behind him. Oh, I'm like, sure. tackled him. There was well over a thousand people there. Yeah. And one, well, I guess two lifts after they opened the second lift. Two lifts open. Crazy. Like three runs total that were open. Mm-hmm. Oh no. my I'm gosh. I'm so glad I didn't go up. Yeah. Um, It was terrible. It was the worst day of skiing I've ever had. Yeah. <laughs> Me crying at the end of the day. Yeah. It's just not, <laughs> so bad. It not sounds. good. Yeah. Um, And then... I don't know. It's really all I did with my life. Happy New Year, everyone. Yeah, happy 2023. Yes. Weird. Yeah. Um, I just got a wind of cold air. Yeah, I think Jay's opening the front door. Oh, I was like, it really hit me that time. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah my mom came up. So Jay, Jay's friends, Lauren and Hannah, came up. Um, 
like early week and then my mom came up friday through she left this morning so i didn't even get to see her i'm bummed i know i love her i know um so that was nice to kind of like have a week off and like have people up and friends to hang out with and stuff so we went and saw the new avatar movie mediocre i mean the visuals are really like the only reason you see it like the graphics um were amazing the plot is you know yeah i heard it's not really i don't want to spoil it for anyone it is worth seeing i think just because of like the i mean just like the storyline the picture i think like yeah the graphics are really really cool but it's a three-hour and 15 movie, mini Ugh. movie, so. I would be asleep by hour two. Yeah, it was a lot. <laughs> I am That's, a I'm sleepy glad that, person. I'm glad that we went to a matinee instead of, like, because we were going to do the seven o'clock. We were going to do dinner and a movie. Oh, girl, if you thought that I would watch your baby <laughs> <laughs> until, like, 1030, you yeah, are wrong. <laughs> you are mistaken. <laughs> that uh, is past my bedtime. <laughs> yeah, so I'm glad that we did the um, 445 because yeah. we still got home at, what, 830? Yeah. 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 But then. <laughs> Wild. Yeah. Um, Travis and Emily saw it on New Year's Eve. Mm. And she said, yeah, it's not, it wasn't really worth it. And yeah, they didn't get home until almost 11. I'm like, oh, yeah. gosh. Yeah. New Year's Eve is a one day a year I stay up late. And I, it was tough. Yeah. We, um, I thought it was like, it was like nine o'clock and I was like, fuck, I'm not going to be able to make it. And then I ended up staying up till like, 1.30. We just kept <laughs> drinking. Yeah. Well, the power was out, and so I was taking whiskey shots to keep warm. <laughs> you know? Alex was drinking whiskey. I was drinking beer. And then I got that champagne. Yeah. But we were in bed by, like, 11.30. Mm-hmm. We were still awake through the new year, but right, we right. were in bed. Like, yeah. the second the new year hits, we are out. <laughs> we were playing Uno. My neighbor came over, played Uno with us. So. Oh, fun. Yeah. Our neighbor has a generator. I found that out. Oh. Yeah. So if I ever need anything, when the power's out, there you go. And she has a friend that snowplows, mm-hmm. so we got our driveway snowplowed for free, and that was awesome. Very nice. Yeah, pays to know people. It really yeah, it does. does. It really does. Um, pays to have a neighbor that knows people too. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, my week was good. I had a good week. It was a bit. Good. It was a bit much, just like having everything going on. But now that the holidays are over, I think. But that's your dad's wallet, baby girl. She she wants that money. Is She's that one years old. She already wants to rob him. Can I have it? Thank you. Good girl. <laughs> she said, my money now. It's like so weird. Every time I call her a good girl, I'm like, like yeah. I'm talking to a dog. I know. <laughs> Avery, you need to stop. Girl. You need to stop. Mm-mm. No more. Nope, she wants that fuzz. Well, you can't have it. <laughs> Gross. She's funny. <sighs> um, Cool. Did you have an update on... The Idaho? I do, I do. Okay, so as I'm sure everyone knows already, yeah. Um, there has been a suspect that's been arrested. His name is Brian Christopher Koberger, and he was arrested in M- Monroe County, Pennsylvania, early Friday on January 30th. Um, police had received around 19,000 tips. 19- For this guy? Well, no, no, no. Just oh. for, like, people calling in, like, oh, yeah, I saw this random Hyundai, like, <laughs> whatever the tips were, but 19,000 that they had to search through. That is wild. Oh, my gosh. How do they even do it? Yeah, that's Like, crazy. I commend police departments for sure. Yeah. Uh, he graduated in 2012 from Pleasant Valley High School in, I hate the way Pennsylvania names their towns, <laughs> Broadheadsville. 
What? Is, what? Broadheadsville. No. It's so... Why un- can't it just be Broadhead? Yeah. Or like Broadsville. Yeah. Like Broadheadsville. I hate it. Say it. <laughs> Bro- I don't want to. <laughs> it's terrible. <laughs> Broadheadsville. Yeah. No. The ta- that sounds like I'm saying three different words, not one word. <laughs> I know. I hate it. And everything's a vill there, I swear. Yeah. Um, and fun fact... That was one of Alex's rival schools. Yeah, yeah, that's like, weird. Yeah, he graduated the same year as Alex Oof. in 2012, and he knew, like, a ton of people that knew him. That is so Isn't weird. that wild? It's such a small world. I know. He didn't know him personally, but right. he knew so many people. Like, his feed left and right was like, oh my gosh, I knew this guy. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Wild. Crazy. Um, he was studying criminal justice. He he graduated college with a criminal justice degree and then was mm-hmm. pursuing it with a master's. And this is what I find super eerie. Um, our friend Mariah, her roommate was able to find his thesis. And I also found it on one of my uh, sources as well that kind of backs up what, what she said. Um, but she said that he was doing his thesis on the emotional and psychological traits that someone has when they choose to plan a crime how they feel when they conduct the crime, how they targeted the, the victims, how they did it and avoided leaving evidence, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So, which is just like Was he like put This is what I think is like was he putting his thesis into motion to see if it if that, he was right? That is my theory. That's for weird. sure. That That's is for weird. sure my theory. Um and the Reddit he posted a Reddit post which I'm sure you guys have all seen too, but um it said, "Quote Hello, my name is Brian, and I am inviting you to participate in a research project that seeks to understand how emotions and psychological traits influence decision-making when committing a crime. In particular, this study seeks to understand the story behind your most recent criminal offense with an emphasis on your thoughts and feelings throughout your experience. Um, And then proceeded to say that it was anonymous and and questions that were... Included said, did you prepare for the crime before leaving your home? Why did you choose the victim or target, um, choose that victim or target over others? And what was the first move you made to accomplish your goal? Hmm. Which is just like. It's very, it's very weird. Like, yeah. It's very creepy because it feels like he's gathering data on like how to do it instead of like actually wanting to learn about the psychology oh you know i didn't even think of that yeah i thought that he was just trying to write his like it makes sense for him to try to gather data from other people also and like try to get away with the murders but i was thinking solely like he was just gonna base his entire thesis on his crime no i'm but yeah that makes sense how to get away with it yeah like okay well how'd you feel and like what'd you do so that, like, maybe I yeah, can... Yeah, I don't make the same mistakes, or right, I make right. the same whatever. Like, adjustments are, yeah. um, you know, prepare oh, the same way. interesting. Yeah. It feels very strange. It, it's very, very eerie. I hate it a lot. So, but what evidence do they have? Do we know? We have no idea. Okay. They will okay. not release anything. Yeah. Um, they won't release how he became a suspect. Okay. They won't release um, any, like, if there was DNA evidence, or eyewitnesses they won't release anything because okay. it's gotten so so big that they can't taint the public yeah because then the jury Court public opinion is yeah i mean thing. like the whole country he could get moved to friggin new yeah, york I mean, and like the whole country way, is gonna convict this dude yeah you know if they say that he's guilty then people are gonna believe that he's guilty yeah you know, like he's gonna go down for it no matter what oh for sure unless someone else comes forward and like unless they have like oj's defense system i mean <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah. He's going. He's going away for he's this for sure. Down, yeah. Um. He was arrested at his parents' house in Pennsylvania, and a student at Washington State Washington State University, which is where he went to school. Um. Koberger was one of his TAs, his teacher assistants. Yeah. And, like, did pretty much all of the grading for that class. And mm-hmm. he said that he was, like, super strict with grading, always. Yeah. But then right after the murders, he just started giving everyone, like, hundreds or super, super high grades and didn't leave any, like, criticism, marks, or anything on the papers. Right. And that he just, like, seemed disheveled and, like, he, like, his personal hygiene kind of went to shit and stuff. Like... He just really, really became a different person after yeah after the murder. So Weird. it kind of makes sense. I mean, it does. Yeah. Why would that affect you so much if you didn't have anything to do with it? Yeah. And ugh, it's just like, I wonder if he was maybe regretting it. Maybe. I don't because, know. Because, like, he clearly isn't super, super cocky, I guess. Because he, I don't know. It doesn't feel like he's a cocky dude about it. Right. If I don't know. Is, the whole thing is just really weird. I'm interested really to, like, weird. see what they come out with as, like, additional info. I know. And I hope that they're... I mean, as much as I'm curious and I want to know everything about it, I hope that they keep it really close to the chest until after the trial. Yeah. But then I want everything. Yeah. Tell me everything. Well, I'm sure we'll get a lot of it. Just because of how big the case is. Like, Oh, yeah. 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 And then once the trial is over, the jury's for sure going to... For sure. Absolutely. <laughs> I had a friend that was just in jury duty and, like... The guy was found, it was a hung jury, and it was a mistrial. It wasn't a murder charge or anything, but mm. um, he was, they told him, like, yeah, you're allowed to talk about it now. Yeah. But, like, do it to people you, you trust, because it could go back to trial, so we right. don't want to, like, taint anything, but. Right. My mom went to jury duty, and I was like, what is it for? And she was like, I can't tell you, Sarah. And I was like, is it big? She was like, yeah, it's pretty serious. <laughs> I want to go to jury blah, blah. duty. And I was like, oh my god, was it a murder? Like, what is it? she's like, I can't tell you until after. And so then after she goes, it was a, um, they're suing the city for a traffic light. And I was like, what? What? And she was like, it's pretty serious. They're suing the city. And I was like, mom. I love her. <laughs> she was doing her due diligence by not telling you. She was ab- obliging well, because, by the law. So I guess what happened was like, there's a crosswalk in Petaluma and like the, there was like pedestrian crossing the street. And some guy, like, almost hit him, and then another guy did hit him, like, as he was crossing the street. And so he sued the city, saying that, like, there needed to be better crossing signs or some shit like that. (laughs) Uh, well, it depends. Was he in a crosswalk? He was in a crosswalk, yeah. Well, then... And there are flashing lights there. Oh, yeah, no, no, no. That's just the driver's fault at that point. Yeah, but so they were saying... So they were saying it. No, you can't see... No. I I hope he didn't win. I can't remember. I like, I get it. I would be pissed off if I got hit by a car and, like, almost hit by a car. Yeah. I would also be pissed off. But, like, if you're doing your, like, the city did their justice by having that crosswalk and those lights to indicate that you're walking across. Like, yeah. it's not your fault that the driver, or their fault that the drivers yeah. are idiots. I, I don't know what happened. I, she told me, but I forgot. I don't think that he won. That's because it's not that important. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh, it's not murder, <laughs> whatever. Like, yeah, who cares? Oh, well. So. Um. But, yeah, the basically, there's no knowledge of, like, if he had any relationship with them or knew them in any type of way, like... Well, we'll continue to update. Yeah, so that's pretty much all we got so far. Cool. But it's just eerie. Yeah. I don't like it. No. It's just such a weird, like... It's funny that he was, like, doing a thesis on the psychology of that, because now I want to learn more about, like, his psychology. I know, and I hope... 
I hope that he'll, like, be honest and just be like, yeah, I did it. Right. And then, like, I mean, clearly he was wanting to learn about this kind of stuff. Like, he knows that there's other people out there that want to. Like, come on, let us just pick your brain a little bit. Right. You know, don't be a dick. Well, and I wonder, too, if, like, he was in criminology to kind of learn about, like, DNA and evidence and, you know. I know, and that's why I'm, like, dying to know what they found. Right, 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 right. Dying for it. It's just so strange. Uh, Well, I hope that... I hope that they're right and it's him. Yeah. Or if they're wrong, I hope they find the guy. Yeah. And I hope that we get some justice because yeah. those poor... They deserve it. Young people, like, it's just And really, their families. Yeah, yeah. Their families deserve it's it. It's literally terrible. Yeah. But, um, yeah, that's pretty much everything I got. Okay. Should we get into the case now? Yeah, this week's Sarah's case. Yeah. And I'm doing this one for Esteban. Esteban, shout out to you. <laughs> Everyone's probably like, gosh, God, I always Esteban. talk about Esteban. <laughs> So he called me the other day and was like, when are you going to do a Mexican killer? And I was like, what? And he, because he's from Mexico and he was like, you could find him, I'm sure. Like, you got to do one. He's like, the, the he, this is his words, yeah, not his ours. Word. I wasn't going to say he, it, but you go ahead. His words. He said, the whole country are killers. Yeah, I was like, <laughs> I, was I like, literally okay. texted him. I was like, S1, you can't say that. And he goes, he, 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 I give you permission. I'm like, I'm not saying that. <laughs> Um, He's funny. Yeah, so here you go, Esteban. Um, this one's for you. I found Juan Vallejo Corona. Which is... <laughs> it sounds like a fake name. It really does. Just, I guess, because, like, I grew up near Vallejo, California. Yeah. And then, so like, it's, like, Corona, you things think of beer. I know, you know? It's, like, th- it's, like, words that I know that I don't associate with names. Right. You know? Right. But, I like, totally get it. That's probably a pretty pop... I don't know. Vallejo or Corona? Both. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I've never <laughs> well, heard General of Vallejo name. is what Vallejo's named after. He was like a, a general. Oh, is his is does he have like a dual last name or is that his middle name? Um, that's his. So Vallejo is uh, also his last name. He okay. usually went by Corona though. He usually dropped Vallejo. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I have a friend who has, um, also Hispanic. Yeah, <laughs> he has two last names. And it's he only a pretty goes common. Usually, it's a it's a common thing. Um, in their culture, I think. Yeah. Um. So yeah. Corona. I'm gonna just go by Corona because uh, his like stepbrother gets brought in, so I don't want to confuse names. Yeah. Okay. Um, corona. Yeah. Beer. So Corona. Got it. <laughs> corona. And I'm gonna probably butcher a lot of this because I don't speak Spanish. <laughs> I. That is why I haven't done a case from a different right. country. I'm not kidding you. <laughs> well, I did the Diet of Pass, and oh. I was like, oh my god, yeah, that one was hard. <laughs> Stressful. <laughs> okay. Um, corona was born in Outland. That's so wrong. I know it. Uh, I'm so what? sorry. Outland? 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 I don't know. I don't know. It's a city in the state of Jalisco, Mexico. Okay. What is... How do you A-U-T-L-A-N. Outland. It sounds German almost. I know. I'm so wrong. I know it's so wrong. Outland? Esteban, Outland? you can correct me. Oh, yeah. Later. He'll he'll tell us. He will <laughs> critique this whole episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but I know how to say Jalisco, so... Yes. Get off my back. Jalisco? No. <laughs> <laughs> Jalisco. Um, so he was born in Jalisco, Mexico on February 7th, 1934. Oh, it's an old one. Yeah. Okay. He was one of 10 children. Nope. Yeah. Too no. many. His, mm-hmm. his father. That's literally nine too many. <laughs> yeah. No, I want to. I do. I, I want to, too. Uh, his father was Sebastian Corona and his mother was named um, Candida. Candida. That's fun. Yeah. It has a little accent over the A, though, so... I don't know. I don't know what that means. Anyway, 
Candida was Sebastian's second wife, so Corona also had three older half-siblings from Sebastian's previous marriage. Thirteen total? Oh, no. Oh, no. It's a lot. We are getting into, uh, what's his name? Um, Celebrity. Oh, my gosh. John and Kate plus eight kind of guy? No, 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 no. The... Oh, Nick Cannon. Yes, Nick Cannon. I, I don't know why I couldn't think of who he Nick was. Nick Cannon has too many damn kids. He, one of them is just born like the first, I think. Okay, but look, have you ever seen that chart? Yes, I showed it, you the chart. Yeah, okay. It's ridiculous. It's like, oh, he, I have one with like, I'm throwing out names because I don't know, Mariah Carey. And then I had one with Tiffany Epp. And then I had one another one with Mariah Carey after that. And it's like, yeah. why are we, women, what are you doing? And then there's like ones that are like, oh, well, he's a 13 year old with this girl. And then he's pregnant. He's had, like, four kids with other girls since then. And now another girl and the same girl are pregnant at the same time. Yeah, yeah. One's, like, a month younger from a different woman. It's insane. It's wild. Who is still sleeping with him? Stop it. He's not even that cute. No. Stop sleeping with him, you guys. It's ridiculous. It's wild. It's wild. Um, So the eldest of all of the kids was his half-brother, Navita Dad. And I'm so sorry about these names, guys. Um, who migrated to California in 1944, looking to get jobs that were left open by the World War II draft. Mm-hmm. So then in 19... 19- yeah, I mean, he's like, everyone's gone. I'm gonna go up there and get those jobs. Yeah. yeah. Living the American dream. Yeah, why not? In 1950, when he was 16, Corona dropped out of high school and illegally immigrated to California, where he worked on farms in the Imperial and Sacramento Valleys. He also, at that point, was attending night school to learn how to speak English. Okay. Go him. Yeah, I like it. Um, For now. (laughs) Yeah. I like that one specific sentence. That's all it is. (laughs) That's pretty much it. Um, In May of 1953, Corona settled in the Marysville, Yuba City area after Navita Dad asked him to move there. Okay. Um, On October 24th, he married Gabriella E. Hermosillo. Hermosio? Hermosio? I think so. Yep. I'm going to go with that then. Yeah. Um, a woman that he met in Sacramento. They got married in Reno, Nevada. Oh, shout out to Reno. <laughs> yeah. And Hermosio, is that how you said it? Hermosia? Hermosio? Co? Yeah. I thought it was a. Uh. No. Hermosio? Hermosio. Okay. I don't know. We're, we're winging this. We're yeah, sorry, guys. So sorry. Um, parents, so her parents were really the ones pressuring them to get married. I don't know why there is not a lot known about their well, relationship. Did they have a baby shortly no, after? No. Interesting. Yeah, I literally, the only thing I could find was that they were married and their her parents were the ones that were like, get married. Hmm. Weird. But they divorced after three months. Oh. <laughs> yeah, like there's like not, I couldn't find anything else other than that. It was really weird. Okay. Um, in late December of 1955, a flood in the Yuba and Feather Rivers broke a levee and flooded a lot of the Sacramento Valley, including large sections of Yuba City and Marysville. So Marysville was declared totally lost at the time and was completely evacuated. Was Marysville like still a place today? Um, yeah. I know Yuba City is. But... Yeah, I think Marysville is still around. Hmm, I've never like, heard of it. Like they rebuilt. Yeah. Nice. Um, we were flooding this week, so <laughs> wild. Did you see? Sorry, little sidetrack. Um, I went to the post office today to pick up one of my packages, and one of my supervisors that still works there, she was showing me a video of one of the sh- main streets in Myers. Yeah, it literally looks like a river. Yeah, yeah. Oh my gosh, 
It's been a mess for you guys. Yeah, it was crazy. Uh, So the flood there killed a total of 38 people. Oh, man. Many of whom were undocumented Mexican laborers that were hired to try to fix the levee before it broke. Oh, that's sad. Yeah. So this whole thing had, like, a huge impact on Corona. Um, He had always been afraid of water. Oh, man. And so he had a mental breakdown and thought that everyone had died and that anyone that he was seeing were ghosts. Everyone was dead. Uh, whoa. So he was this like... This took a weird turn. Yeah. So he was hallucinating thinking like, well, these people aren't real because everyone died in that flood and I'm the only one and all of these people are ghosts. Ooh. Even he, though only 38 people died. He had some mental problems that needed to be worked out for sure. Yeah. So on January 17th, 1956, Navidad had Corona committed to a mental hospital in Auburn, California. That's good. Called the DeWitt State Hospital. Where he was diagnosed as a paranoid schizophrenic. Makes sense. Yeah. That tracks. Yeah. Yeah. So in the hospital, this is kind of sad too. Like, I get it was just the times, but he had 23 shock treatments in the period of three months. Three months? 23 shock treatments. Oh my gosh. That's a lot. I am so happy that we live in, like, today's Oh, times. yeah, where we don't shock people because I they mean, have granted, mental health issues. Luckily, I, I don't have mental health issues. Like, I'm very thankful for that. Yeah. But I can't imagine, like, literally having no control over what happens in my brain and then just being tortured. Shock. Yeah, literally tortured. That's, it's legal torture. Yeah, that's, uh, <laughs> ugh. Yeah. I hate that. Mm-hmm. So, after those 23 shock treatments... They said that he was recovered, and oh. he could be deported back to Mexico. So okay. they deported him, and then he returned legally later that year. Okay. Um, in 1959, Corona got married again to a woman named Gloria Moreno and had four daughters with her. Oh, man. At this point, he was starting to become violent. He was very into showing off his masculinity. Oh, no. And he had... Issues with openly gay men. Hmm. That's, uh... Yeah. Hmm. Hmm. I'm, like, wondering if he was closeted and didn't want to, like... Because, I mean, come on. Like, there's... I don't know of any straight man that is so angry about a gay man. Yeah. That, like... Well, so there's a couple things. Um, at some point, and I'm not sure when... He found out that Navita Dad was gay, his brother. Mm-hmm. So okay. a lot of people think that that's maybe what set it off. I don't know. There, are, I mean, there, I, there are more red flags. We'll get there. I again, like I know it's different times, mm-hmm. and like gay was not okay really right. back then. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't know. It's just like I feel like every time we hear about someone who is so so angry about someone being gay is because they're like insecure about their own sexuality right so totally interesting okay so and i'm also not sure what kind of husband he was i can't imagine that he was great i can't imagine he was great either but that's just my opinion (laughs) (laughs) i don't know maybe he was great i I mean they were still married they had four kids yeah but sometimes yeah in the 50s i mean yeah it's like i'm correct me if i'm wrong if you know i'm pretty sure the 50s like women still couldn't file for divorce Mm, i think they could in the 50s? Babe, do you know? I don't know. No, he know. doesn't know. Um, yeah, I'm not sure. Maybe that's past that time, but... Yeah. 
This was 50, what, 50? Maybe not couldn't file necessarily, but it was like. I mean, they got married in 59, so they're married like well into their 60s. Into the 60s. I don't know. I I feel like it was still frowned upon at least back then. But I think you could, though. Yeah, you probably could at that point. But maybe she just didn't want to, like, deal with the... Right. And they had four kids. Maybe he was a good husband. I mean... Yeah. We don't know. Who knows? Um, in 1962, he became he became a licensed labor contractor and hired workers to work at local fruit uh, ranches, like, in the area. Mm-hmm. So he was, like, staffing. Okay. Um, around this time is when he also intensified his devotion to the Roman Catholic Church and joined the, again, gonna butcher it, Cursils... Uh, Okay, pause really quick. I'm <laughs> okay, it up. in a memento, you guys. Okay, we're back. So okay. I got it. It's uh, he joined the Cursilistas. Okay, um, which was a group that was quote trying to revive religion among among Chicanos. Okay, so he went to mass three times a week and said oh, the rosary every night with his family. And are we seeing the red flags now? Maybe. Well, there's good religious people and there's bad religious people. Well, but people. if you're op- if you have an issue with gay people and now That's you're intensifying, true. So our never mind. Your we'll like religious beliefs and like, yeah, yeah. No, he's just a giant red flag so far. Yeah, I mean totally. So at one a.m. on February twenty fifth, nineteen seventy, a young man named Jose Romero Rea was found in the restroom of Navita Dad's cafe. Oh my gosh! Called uh, Guadalajara Cafe. Romero had been attacked in the face and head with a machete. Oh. Nearly oh. scalped. Oh, my. And what? his lips had been cut off. Wait. Hold, time out real quick. Did I... Do you remember if I mentioned my mom's dream on here? No. About me? No. I know I told you this. No. I ha- I had to have told you no. this. If it has anything to do with what I just said, but no. it does. Kind of. It kind <laughs> of like, what the fuck? No. My mom called me one day just to like, she texted me and she was like, please call me when you wake up. And I was like, okay. So I called her and she was like, I'm so happy you're okay. Like, she just wanted to make sure I was okay because she had a dream that um, she was like out with her friends and she started walking to my place or something. I don't remember exactly all the details and she was trying to call me and call me and call me and I wasn't picking up and then I finally answered one of her FaceTime calls but it wasn't me that answered. <gasps> yes, I you did have tell told you. me this, yeah. It was like a a man that answered but she couldn't really see his face and mm-hmm. then he drops the phone and it's my face but not on my body because I had been skinned alive. Yeah. My mom dreamt this about me. It's a wild dream. And then like two weeks later... She dream- she dreamt that Alex died. I'm like, Mom, <laughs> stop it. Stop dreaming about our deaths. Yeah, it's what the really fuck? rude. <laughs> no, that's very strange. Yeah, I don't like it. No, and I don't I'm like that just either. like kind of praying that I never get <laughs> skinned skin alive. alive. I pray <laughs> or that for skin you at too. all. <laughs> yeah, I hope that for you. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. Okay. <laughs> anyway, um, so yeah, uh, so he's found in the restroom at like 1 a.m. because it's, it's a cafe, but I guess it kind of doubled as like a bar. Okay. Um, so Romero lived. Oh, what? Yeah, he but he hadn't seen who attacked him. He couldn't. Re- he either couldn't remember or he never saw How his face. How do you live? We have a, quite a few wild, yeah, living stories. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh my gosh. So and Corona was at the cafe and considered a suspect at the time. 
Well, but like there was no evidence, and mm-hmm. Romero filed a lawsuit against Navita Dad, and okay. like the cafe instead. Rude. Because he mean, was I saying it. like it was the cafe was liable for his attack, which I don't. <laughs> Again, I get it being like I've never been a victim, luckily. And I hope to keep it that way. But, like, I can kind of understand where, like, you want someone to pay for whatever happened to you. But, no, like, but, like, this cafe, not... just because you were there, like. Yeah. It's, I mean, this is the freaking 60s. Okay, like, it's not like they it. have cameras. It was 1970. It's whatever. They, they don't have cameras like yeah. we do nowadays. Like, right. you can maybe sue them for not having cameras to, like. Get this, Whatever. Though. Romero won. And he got $250,000. Oh, my gosh. But instead of paying, Navita Dad sold all of his properties in California and just moved back to Mexico. He was like, nah, fuck that. <laughs> I am <laughs> I'm not, not touching dealing that. with this. <laughs> no, I'd rather just go. Peace out, America. <laughs> yeah, goodbye. I say America. Peace I, out, United States. I'd, I'd say the same thing if I was like, what? Oh, it's not my yeah, fault. It's not my fault <laughs> I'm at all. leaving. You suck. <laughs> like, what? Yeah, seriously. I'd go live with that Swan's family in Mexico. <laughs> right. Like, that's shitty. Um, so then in March of 1970, Corona had another schizophrenic episode and was sent uh, back to DeWitt again. And he had more electric shock treatments. Oh, my gosh. Before he was released after a short time. He wasn't there very long. I'm kind of surprised that he stayed when his brother left. Yeah. Well, he had his whole family, though. Oh, that's right. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Never mind. I take it back. Yeah. So... He's not doing well. And I, no. I'm i curious, like, what the effects of the shock treatments had on him. Yeah, it was probably a negative effect. Yeah. Probably was not positive. Yeah. So, on May 19th, 1971, a Japanese rancher, a Japanese-American rancher, sorry, named Goro Kagiro was l- walking along his peach orchard when he saw a freshly dug hole about seven feet long and three and a half feet deep. So, just an empty hole. Okay. Yeah. Ew, I don't like that even more for some reason. Right. So, he he just, like, left, and he went back that night, um, and when he went back, he found that the hole had been filled in. Oh, man. Could you imagine being like, yeah, let me just go walk my property, and, like, weird that there's this grave-sized hole in my... Right. And mm, I'll leave it, but I'm going to come back to I'm not going to call anyone about it. I'm just going to, like... Right. I mean, it's my property. I don't know. <laughs> so we found it filled in. Oh, like, man. Later. So he thought that someone had buried trash on his property. Like, okay. Someone was dumping trash and they were burying it. Yeah, that happens sometimes. Um, yeah, so he called the police. And they got out there in the next morning, so May 20th. Shout out to my mom. That's her birthday. Aww. And she was born at this point, actually. Yeah, she was born in 55, so. She oh, was, like, in her mama. almost 20. What year was this? 71. 71. So she she was 17? 16? 16. Okay. Sure. I don't know. I can't do math. 16. <laughs> <laughs> On the, I'm like, she's almost 20. <laughs> I mean, kind of in the kind grand of, scheme of yeah, things, yeah, I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> whatever. 50 to 70. You she's know, closer to 20 than she is 10. So. Yeah, true, true, true. Uh, so on the morning of May 20th, several sheriff's deputies responded to Goro's call and started to dig up the hole. And instead of trash, they found the fresh corpse of 40-year-old... Kenneth Whitaker. I feel like I already know your answer, but if you found that on your property, would you just go dig it up yourself? Probably. Oh, I would too. Yeah. Like, I want to know what's in here. But then also it's like, am I disturbing evidence? Ooh, that's true. So maybe not. Mm. My first instinct would be yes, but then I think I'd get out there and be like, ooh, maybe not. Yeah, you're right. But I would want to be right there when the cops suck it up. Like, what's in there? (laughs) What's in my property? Yeah, what is that? And like, props to him for calling, because like, 
Right. That's it's on your property. Yeah. You're if obviously you think gonna it's be just the, trash, then like who cares? Yeah. Like, but you're obviously gonna be the first suspect if it's not just trash. True. Talking about the seventies. This is back when cops would like get a call and like just trust you. They look at you and they're like, Yeah. That's true and like yeah. and DUIs were like so hit and miss. Like yeah, you had yeah. to you had to blow like a point three to be a yeah yeah you you're stopping at a red light good for you keep going buddy <laughs> yeah you can see great go you can say your name <laughs> yeah awesome great all right we're good we're done which direction are you going good go that way uh <laughs> yeah it's wild so kenneth was a homeless man and he had been stabbed to death and his head had been chopped open with a machete oh my gosh some reports say that he had also been raped and that gay porn pictures had been placed in his back pocket but i've also seen that like that's not true okay so i don't know i'll leave it there um yeah, kind of conflicting it might just be kind of like the drama you know like, yeah we'll put it in you know i don't know uh <clears throat> four days later workers at sullivan ranch on live oak boulevard reported finding a sunken area of ground which i think is kind of weird because I probably wouldn't report, like, a dent in the ground. No, I wouldn't. Especially working on, like, a farm or a ranch. Like, you've got water all over there. Like, it's probably just a dent. Like, yeah, I, I would just be like, oh, weird, we're sinking in here a little bit. Yeah, like, fill it in with more dirt, I don't know. Yeah, I'd be like, but go I stomp guess, on it, make sure you're not going to fall through, I don't know. Right, like, I don't know, I make guess sure maybe... Well, maybe they were, like, on alert from the other body, though. But it just seems like a, kind of a weird thing to report. I agree. Yeah, so... Avery's yeah, Avery's having the time of her life here. In the dog bed. She's so cute. <laughs> so, homicide detectives discovered another body buried there. And before they had time to identify the victim, they found another grave. And another. Oh my god. What? And as they continued excavating the surrounding area, they found 25 bodies. <gasps> what? What? Mm-hmm. 25 more uh 25 total oh my gosh mm -hmm. how i don't know how do you like how and does anybody bury 25 people oh we'll by get the in. time somebody won't notice it's one or two oh. like that's oh we'll get into it oh my gosh okay was he just on a spree oh so okay. most of them were uh buried on the ranch where juan corona had been housing a lot of the migrant farm workers that he was hiring. Corona had also, like, he had pretty complete control over their lives. Like, he told them where to live. He told them, like, where and when to work. All of that. Like, he drove them anywhere they needed to go. So, like, he knew exactly what they were doing. And, like, he had control of it all. Yeah. Um, all of them were men who led pretty nomadic lives, and no one suspected anything was wrong when they disappeared. Because they were used to, like, moving around, disappearing, not... They don't have a cell phone, so it's like, oh, he's probably just on the road. Yeah. And if they're Mexican migrants, like... Yeah, not all... I mean, not all of them were, but, like, most of them were. Yeah. Like, you can't just... It's not as easy to just, like, call home and be like, hey. Right. Like, know? they're my... Yeah, they're... I'm they good. Don't I'm have, doing this now. Like... They don't have a home base. They right. keep moving. So you just kind of wait for them to call. And yeah. if they don't, then they're just on the road. Right. So no one noticed. That's a tough life to live. Yeah. So, um... 21 of the victims were identified. So there's still four that oh, have yeah. never been identified. 
Even still? Yeah. Um, all of the victims were between 40 and 70 years old and didn't have family anywhere nearby. Do you know if the four were uh, Mexican immigrants? I don't know. Okay. Yeah. Because I, I would assume it's like probably harder to identify them if they're if not. they're not from that country. Right. Yeah. No, I'm not sure. They, <laughs> they literally just no idea. Oh my gosh. That's yeah. so sad. Um, so all of them had deep puncture wounds in their chests from being stabbed to death and machete slashes on their head. Um, all of them. I don't get it. All of them had, had a cross carved into the back of their head with a machete. Were they all gay? Do we know? We don't know. No, we don't know. A lot of people assume, but it's not... I think it was more of, like, a take advantage of the situation type thing. Like, Maybe. I'm hiring these people who don't have family and no one's going to miss them. Yeah, I mean, clearly, if you're killing 25 people, you enjoy it at that point. Right. Like, this is not... Yeah. I don't think that's any type of vigilante no. nonsense. No, I think he's just Especially crazy. with his condition, his yeah. paranoid schizophrenia. Like, that's... And being shocked so many times. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. So... Uh, only one victim was shot, but oh. still, like, all the same as well. He and just shot that, him that one addition. was linked to him mm-hmm. as well? Hmm. Yeah. Interesting. Well, because he still had the cross. That's true. The, like, yeah. it was just That's the only thing. That's very much a signature. Yeah. Um, so they were all buried face up with their arms stretched above their heads and shirts pulled up over their faces. That's S- weird. Some of them were buried with their pants down around their ankles as well. Hmm. It's but it like, was always north of this one specific tree. Like, it, it was just very strange, yeah. That is really weird. Mm-hmm. And I just find it extra weird that he would bury them with their arms above their head. Like, that... You gotta you gotta dig more for that. Well, that's, yeah, he said the hole was seven feet tall. Yeah, that's so he a, prepares for it. That's, like, why go through that extra length? Yeah, I'm not sure. I don't know. I mean, if you're not all there in the head, I guess it kind of makes sense. I, it seems like a lot of symbolism. Like, n- north of this one tree and, like... You know, the crosses and the arms and everything was placed could, like, in the same no. way. I Again, I want to pick his brain. Right. I want to know everything. Yeah. So, um, police believe that Corona was a sexual sadist, and he developed a pattern of picking a victim, digging a hole, and then sexually assaulting them before they were murdered. And I think it's extra creepy that he dug the hole first. Like, Ooh. he's like preparing for it like oh i know i'm gonna get this guy so before i do anything like let me just dig a hole well he may not even know that he's gonna get that guy but he knows he's gonna get someone soon right Ooh, no i hate it yeah so the victims were all murdered during a period of six weeks what mm-hmm. so okay he, yeah he was really on so spree. he's a spree killer yeah but what's crazy is that if you do the math that's an average of one murder every 40 hours mm. Oh my gosh. No. And you sleep. You're digging a hole. You're burying them. You're doing like how are you doing it? Yeah, when do you sleep? Like, did your wife not suspect anything? Right? So here are the dates and names of each victim that was killed. Okay. So uh a couple of them they don't have exact dates. But sometime in February to May of nineteen seventy one was Sigurd Bierman, uh John Smallwood, Mark Shields. Joe Caraveau, and the four unidentified men. Mm-hmm. May 12th was Raymond uh, Muchache. Kenneth Whiteacre was May 19th. 
May 21st was Melford Sample. May 24th was Charles Cleveland Fleming. May 25th was John Haluka and Warren Kelly. Okay. May 26th was Donald Smith and William Camp. Oh my gosh. This one's wild. May 27th was Albert Riley, Paul Allen, Clarence Hawking, James Howard, Edward Cup, and Albert Hayes. How, like, without, like, mass shooting or something? Like, how do you kill six people in one day? I have no idea. I, I mean, granted, again, we're a little different, like, we have consciences and we would never kill somebody, but like, how do you do it six times in one day? I don't get it. That's exhausting. I don't get it. So in one grave, deputies found two receipts signed by Corona. Oh. Just for groceries, grocery Mm -hmm. receipts. In two other graves, there were two crumpled Bank of America deposit slips printed with Corona's name and address. (laughs) So he's just like... Way to leave a breadcrumb trail. Like, come on. Right. Um, witnesses also told police that some of the victims had been last seen riding in Corona's truck with him. Like I said, like, he'd drive them everywhere. Right. You know? So, early in the morning on... He's not very good at this. No. Early in the morning on May 26, 1971, police broke into Corona's South Yuba City home with a search warrant and arrested him. They found and seized two bloodstained knives, a machete, a pistol, bloodstained clothing, and a work ledger that had 34 names and dates on it. Oh my gosh. Including seven of the known victims. I wonder if, like, I wonder if he was planning on executing all of their murders. Yeah. Well, so, uh, at that point, they only had seven victims identified. And all seven were on that work ledger. Oh. So police... So all 25 probably were. So police thought that the dates in the ledger were the dates that the men were murdered... And that Corona had murdered 34 men, and not only the 25 that they found. Because he had 34 names and dates in that book. Yeah, I mean, that's a solid yeah. guess. Mm-hmm. Um, Corona was provided legal aid, and Roy Vander Heuvel, Heuvel. was assigned as his public defender. Uh, Vander Heuvel hired several, several psychologists to perform a psychological evaluation, and he entered a plea of innocent. Shocker. Shocker. On June 14th, Vander Heuvel was replaced by Richard Hawk, a private defense attorney. Okay. Who paid for that? Oh. In turn for legal representation, Corona gave Hawk exclusive literary and dramatic property rights to his life story. So he said, oh, you can write books and make, make movies about me, and that, that's your payment. And he just did it. He was like, cool. Did that go anywhere? Not that I've seen. <laughs> I'm just going to say, I've never heard of this guy. Like, <laughs> So, uh, because of this agreement, too, Corona waived the attorney-client privilege. Uh, oh. Yeah. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Okay. But, yeah, I've never seen anything come out of it, so. Did he, did he waive it? I mean, he, he had to have waived it for, like, he had after to because the tri- trial. I, don't, I didn't specify, but I don't know. Hmm, interesting. Um, shortly after taking over defense, and even before seeing Corona's medical records, or, like, any of the reports, like, his stay at the hospitals, and, like, his... his shock treatments. His <laughs> schizophrenia. Yeah. Like, literally before seeing anything about that, Hawk decided against having him plead not guilty by reason of insanity, and just fired the psychiatrist. What? 
Yeah, he was like, don't plead not guilty by way of insanity. Also, fuck you, psychiatrist. You don't know what you're doing. Okay. He hadn't looked at anything. He just fired them and was like... No, I got this. I got, I got this. He's cocky. You want to hear his defense? Yes, I would love to. <laughs> I would love to. So his defense tried to pin the murders on Nivita Deb. Uh, rude! They claimed that he suffered from syphilis, which sent him into fits of rage. Conveniently... Corona's lawyers said that Navita Dad had passed away from syphilis. So, like, can't ask him about it. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah, they did some light investigation and, uh... Some light Nav- investigation. Navita Dad was still alive. In Mexico. Perfectly good. Yep. Mm, pretty sure Running away from syphilis. his $250,000 <laughs> debt. 20,500. 20, oh, debt. okay, okay. Yes. That's better than two fifty. dollars I guess. <laughs> um, yes, so, uh... Navita Dad had some prior history of violence. It was widely assumed that he had left the county prior to the murders. So, like, kind of ruled him out. Yeah. On June 18th, while in jail awaiting trial, Corona complained of chest pain and was taken to the hospital, hospital where he was diagnosed as having a mild heart attack. Just mild. Mm, I guess so. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> On July 12th, the grand jury returned a 25-count murder indictment against him. Well, if the shoe fits. <laughs> so, in early August, Corona was hospitalized again after complaining of chest pain that prevented him from sleeping. I'm so sorry you can't sleep, sir. Oh, yeah. We feel really bad. <laughs> so, here's a little piece of history also. Um, that year, the Calis... California Supreme Court ruled in a separate case that the death penalty was unconstitutional. So Corona couldn't have been sentenced to death if he was convicted. Hmm. Wait, what What year? 72. Hmm. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So Hawk, his lawyer, he asked for a change of venue from Sutter County to Solano County. And the trial began on September 11th, 1972 at the courthouse in Fairfield, California. Jury selection took several weeks. Oh, man. I can imagine. Yeah. And the trial itself took three months. Wow. Though Corona denied guilt through the whole trial, he never once confessed. Right. Uh, he was not called to testify in his own defense. And no it's defense... probably smart. Well, and no defense witnesses were called. That's not smart. No. So the jury... I mean, it's smart if you just literally can't get a good one. Right. But, but like, <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah, that's never that's never a good sign. Yeah, ever. exactly. Not so, even his wife. <laughs> right, exactly. Where's kids? Like, Not ne- one. <laughs> the jury deliberated for 45 hours before finding Corona guilty of first degree murder on all 25 counts. On January... 45 hours. Yeah, I know. Man, it took longer than I that's thought. That's a long time. On January 18th, 1973, Judge Richard Patton sentenced Corona to 25 consecutive terms of life imprisonment without possibility of parole. But, okay, this is what confused me. The Department of Corrections said that Corona would be eligible for parole in seven years. What? Citing Section 669 of the Penal Code, which states that when a crime is punished by life imprisonment, with or without the possibility of parole, then all other convictions shall be merged and run concurrently. I don't get it. Wait. And I don't know why he would... I'm sorry, can you say it one more time? Yeah. Um, When a crime is punished by life imprisonment, with or without the possibility of parole, then all other convictions shall be merged and run concurrently. 
Okay, but that still means that he would have life in prison without parole. I know. But they said that he was eligible in seven years. No, that doesn't make sense at all. I don't get it. It, I don't know. It had to have been without parole for him to, for that to even be like, that doesn't make any sense. I don't know. They said that he was eligible in seven years. I don't don't get it. Stating that code. And I looked up the code and that's what it was. And I was like, this doesn't make sense. No, it doesn't make sense at all. (laughs) So I don't know. (laughs) Corona was first incarcerated at California Medical Facility in Vacaville because of the heart attacks. Mm -hmm. So they sent him to a hospital. Um, but in December of 1973, he bumped into a fellow inmate in a corridor and apparently didn't say, excuse me. Oh, how dare you? Well, so the boyfriend of the inmate that he bumped into and three of his friends. Ah, the boyfriend of the inmate. (laughs) Let's go gays. Yep. Punished Corona for the lack of saying, excuse me, by stabbing him 32 times. Oh my gosh. Corona's left. That's a good turn. Yeah. Corona's left eye was removed. Wait, he lived? Yeah. Oh, man. It was removed during the resulting surgery, and then he was transferred to the correctional training facility in Soldad. So, now he's only got one eye. (laughs) Oh, that's so sad. So, in January of 1974, Corona's wife, Gloria, filed for divorce. Oh, good. And it was granted on July 30th. Also in 1974... Navidad died in Guadalajara, Aww. Mexico. So we definitely know that he was alive during the trial. Yeah, that's like, sad, Like, even though. though he said, yeah. Because, like, guy was just trying to do the best he could. Yeah. Like, he had property. I was rooting for him. Hold on. We thought that crisis would have, was averted, but she's still making noises. <laughs> <laughs> but that's okay. Um, but yeah, like, he had a cafe. He owned properties in California. Like, he was making a good life for himself. I know. And I was really rooting This for guy him. came and just fucked it all up. Like, yeah. his fucking half-brother was just like, nah. Ew, he sucks. We yeah. hate half-brothers. Ma'am. Just kidding. My brother's a half-brother. That's why I said that. <laughs> <laughs> um, I love my brother. So on May 18th, 1978, Corona's conviction was overturned by an appeals what? court. What? who upheld a petition by his new defense attorney, Terrence Hallinan, claiming that his original legal team had been incompetent because Hawk had not put forward schizophrenia as a factor in his actions. Well, I mean, I get it. <laughs> or pleaded the insanity defense, which is like, that's good points. Yeah. No, <laughs> I, points. I totally understand. Yeah. So the second trial began on February 22nd. <laughs> Enjoy Avery laughing. She, I've never seen her like so... Just giggly and happy. Yeah, today she's on one. And it's just, of course, while we're recording that I see this. (laughs) Uh, So the second trial began February 22nd, 1982 in Hayward, California. Corona's defense again tried to say that Navidad had committed the murders because he was gay. Oh my gosh. Navidad had already fled to Mexico before the murders were committed. Yeah, and like, why would you kill... Well, I know we don't know that all of them are gay, but right. why would you kill gay men if you're gay? And, like, that doesn't make any sense. Well, I mean, what, Ted Bundy? What? No, Jeffrey Dahmer. That's true. Never mind. Take yeah. it back. I don't know. People's minds work differently. <laughs> yeah. So, I was like, Ted Bundy, what? No, I was like, <laughs> who is that guy? Um, so, Navita Dad had already fled to Mexico before the murders were committed. Mm-hmm. But defense attorneys suggested that because the victims had been raped, it made way more sense to suspect that a gay man 
in or, Mexico. Or a closeted gay man yeah. in America. In United States. I keep saying America. Yeah. Mexico is also America. <laughs> well, it made more sense to suspect that a gay man living in Mexico... No, it totally makes sense. Traveled to and from. I mean, like, yeah, it, yeah, it made more sense it to all adds up to right? suspect that he committed the crimes than Stupid. to suspect a twice married Catholic father of four. Oh, my God. Who several of the victims had last been seen with. And whose receipts were found in uh, yeah, that's several victims' pockets. so stupid. Who were, who was arrested with bloodstained knives and clothings. And the machete. And a ledger with seven known victims' names on it. Like, uh, yeah. No, it that's... makes so much more sense to say that the guy living in Mexico, because he was gay, did it. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, obvious. It, it obviously it makes is. more sense. <laughs> like, like, it's so stupid. I mean, I would, I would free him just based on that. Yep. So dumb. Yep, yep, yep. But Corona fucked himself. Good. Because he admitted to one homosexual encounter, as he said it. Oh. In Mexico before he came to the U.S. He said, well, there was that one time. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, oh, well, if there was that one time, there was another 25, wasn't there? <laughs> yes. And also, um... Uh, this time, the main witness for the prosecution was a Mexican consulate employee okay. who met Corona in jail in 1978 while he was preparing his appeal. And according to him, Corona admitted to the killings, saying in Spanish, quote, Yeah, I did it, but I am a sick man and a sick man can't be judged by the same standards as other men. Hmm. Sounds very um, aware. Yeah. If you ask. He's like, well, me. I'm sick, so you can't hold me accountable. Yeah, no, we can. Yeah. It, sure, you might get caught up in a mental institution instead of a prison, but like, we can still hold you accountable, maybe. Yeah. So. And you're clearly not that sick if you're very much aware yeah. that you're sick. Mm hmm. So, Halladan countered this, saying that Corona had not actually said, yes, I did it, but a hypothetical, hy- sorry, hypothetical. Hypothetical. I was like, that hypothetical. sounded, that sounded wrong. <laughs> he, but a hy- hypothetical, <laughs> if I did it. Hmm. Not, yes, okay. I did it. So, Halladan called more than 50 defense witnesses to the stand this time. Well, Okay. At least we're doing, it doesn't say, but it, including Corona. So he got Corona up there, who denied that he'd had anything to do with it. Of course. And that trial lasted seven months. Man. The jury deliberated for 54 hours. Okay. Before again convicting him of the crimes on September 23rd, 1982. Mm, Darn. Afterward, a foreman told the press that the most incriminating piece of evidence against Corona was his work ledger, which Corona said he just had no reasonable explanation for. He was like, yep, I have no idea. Okay. (laughs) I don't know. All right. Uh, The foreman also said that the jury had dismissed the idea that Navita Dad committed the murders, saying, quote, he wasn't in Marysville long enough to have committed bulk of the killings. Right. Obviously. Obviously. Uh, Juan Corona was transferred from the correctional training facility in Soldad to the uh, Corcoran State Prison in 1992. But due to developing dementia, he served in the sensitive needs yard. Huh. 
I've never heard of that. Neither had I. Sensitive needs yard. Yeah. Hmm. During his last parole hearing in November 2016. Oh, my God. He's still alive. Well, is he now? He was still alive in 2016? Yeah. He admitted to killing some of the victims in court for the first time. Oh. But claimed that they were all trespassing. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. 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 Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. And you only killed some of them, but yet there's the same signature on yeah. all twenty five. Isn't that weird? How so that you had happens? a partner. Who's your partner then? Yeah. Like it's weird how that happens, right? Yeah. Very, very coincidental. Yeah. If you ask me. Uh huh. So uh, he died of natural causes at the age of eighty five on March fourth, twenty nineteen. Man, he lived a long life. Yeah. Why? I don't know. Who let him live this long life? <laughs> I wouldn't have. (laughs) Yeah. Well, death penalty was off the table. That's true. So. I'm surprised he didn't get killed in prison. I know. Well, he, people, (laughs) I mean. He almost got killed in prison. He lost an eye, so. He literally lost an eye. Yeah. Do you Um, have a picture of him? Yes, I can find one. But. Yeah. That's my story. And Esteban, I hope that you like it, and I know you're going to correct me on how to say all of the things I just said. Yes, he is. Um, I don't know. He, he might be critical that it was... In America, or in... Oh my I gosh. sent him a screenshot, and I said, this guy or this guy? And he told me this guy, so... It's just, like, out of habit to say America. Yeah, I get it. In the United States, instead of Mexico. Yeah. So, here's what he looked like when he was young. Okay. Interesting. And here's what he looked like when he was, uh... When he had an eyeball Super removed? fucking old. Crusty looking. Crusty looking. That's an understatement. <laughs> I'll post both of these pictures. I don't know yeah. if he had a fake eye. Because he looks like it, he still has two eyes, but they're going like... different directions, and one's like I'm almost... sure one's fake. Yeah. Huh. So, yeah, I'll post these pictures. <laughs> I also have pictures of, like, most of his um, victims. But I kind of don't like that they all look like mug shots. Mm. Do they really? Yeah. And I, kind, I just don't like it. Can you maybe just be quiet for just a second? I just don't like that. Like, I want to see pictures of them that aren't mug shots. Because well, I don't want to, like, oh, they're criminals anyway, you know? Yeah. Um, I don't know. Maybe maybe we can do some digging and try to find some that don't. I don't know. It's, like, it's been so long, too, that right, and like, who it knows? might be hard. Yeah, who knows if there are other pictures of them, you know? Right. So, yeah, that is one Vallejo Corona. Well, he sucks. Yeah. Um, He sucks a lot. I wish that he had just admitted it and talked about it. Yeah. Because, like, you're in prison anyway. Why not talk about it? Yeah, like, and then you admitted to some of them at one of your parole yeah. hearings. You might as well Three just talk about all Three years before he died. Them. Like, come on. Like, seriously, my dude. Yeah, he's the worst. Yeah, so that's him. Well... Thanks for that, bummer of a case. Yeah, you're welcome. You're welcome, Esteban. Yeah, Esteban, you wanted this. Yeah. I hope you enjoyed it. And I hope you don't be evil. Don't be it. Just don't. <laughs> There's no reason. There's no reason at all. Well, be, we love you. Be perfect like this little baby Tucker we have I know. here. Such a baby. He's so cute. He's such a little muffin. And he's so sleepy right now. <laughs> uh, we'll post more pictures of Tucker here soon, yeah, too. Yeah, we'll post on the stories. He's great. He's perfect. (laughs) All right. Well, we love you guys. Thank you. you for listening. And just don't be evil. Don't do it. All right. Bye. Bye.